Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe, and my usual co-host, Devendra, is out being busy. So joining me this time is guest co-host all the way from the UK, UK Bureau Chief Matt Smith. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Wow, you sound so nice when you said hello. This is not the hello, usual Matt gentle. that I know. Very gentle, like, very kind. I'm just well-practiced from too many podcasts now, so my voice <laughs> is kind of softened. <laughs> over the years it's very nice as always if you're liking the show please subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice leave us a rating and review on itunes because that will really help us and then if you have any more thoughts send us an email to podcast at engadget.com we also have a nifty form that you can go over to the engadget website where this podcast episode is hosted and look for it there so not a lot of people, including Engadget people, know this, but Matt and I actually met before I started working at Engadget, and it was a very strange experience. Come on, uh, Shannon, let's be honest, you know, we were both young, we were in Taiwan, the weather, <laughs> it, the weather was hot, I recall about 7pm, it started raining gently. Uh, Why are you just... making people think things? <laughs> what happened, actually, the I want the people facts. to feel things. I, I want people to feel things too, but I want people to get the facts. I was I was working for another publication. I think it was Laptop Magazine. And I was at Taiwan covering Computex. And Matt was there for Engadget. And we were at the ACES press conference waiting outside in the waiting room. And I knew Dana, uh, my current boss, <laughs> back then already. And so I was going over to say hi. Matt was next to her, I think, right? Am I remembering this right? We might have met know. in the press room, actually. But you like, were the time yeah. I genuinely remember meeting you properly was when we yes. all went out for dinner. But you deny ever doing that. When did we go out for dinner? <laughs> like your boss and then Dana and me. 
maybe someone else or went out for like some kind of dim summy noodly thing you were like working away like a nerd oh i remember that's why i don't remember the dinner is because i blacked out and was working on my i thought you i thought you were like an intern or something i don't know i I was probably just freshly promoted from being an intern at laptop but anyway we have history and it was nice (laughs) to afterwards come to engadget and be like i was very i think standoffish and i can be that way a lot with people i don't know um, what did we, I think we first bonded over, we went for not great Mexican food. We had some sangria. You had mm. one glass, got way too drunk too quickly and started acting belligerent towards our deputy head of video. Oh, oh, this was Etsy. <laughs> that really was how we first. That's why we bonded though. Oh, That's Lord. how we bonded. That was how, that was when you bonded with me. I didn't remember <laughs> any of that being present. <laughs> I was yeah. Anyway, we we go back. We go we back, go back but... a long time. We have like equal to, equal levels of blackmail material on we each do. other. We yeah. do. It's fun. But anyway, so Matt has been spending time with the OnePlus Nord lately, which just got announced this Tuesday, I believe. And this phone has been hyped. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like it's as if it's OnePlus's return to affordable again. But Matt, take it away. Uh, so yeah, like. A lot of the details for this phone have been, you know, drip fed to us over the last month or two. Like, to be honest, OnePlus hasn't been able to shut up about this phone. Um, but I guess it's because it's a big deal for them. You know, it, it hits in under that sub $500 category. It mm. has like a laundry list of flagship specs, despite that price. So we're talking mm. 5G. We're talking 48 megapixel camera sensor, a 6.4 inch screen that also runs at 90 hertz. That's yeah. like a very slick feature for a phone this cheap. What other cool things does it have? I mean, those are the main take home bullet points. Is, and, is know, 5G coverage... Great. Is 5G coverage in the UK like just a lot like good now or no? It's still on its way. I feel like most people are still on 4G. Mm. I mean, we're lucky we're an island nation, so it really doesn't take long to cover the whole country. But that yeah. said, we still have like four major phone carriers, if not more. So mm. everyone's still kind of cutting up the nation to their own, you know, 5G areas. Mm. I definitely think that like this is... OnePlus kind of going back to its roots, right? Because when mm. OnePlus, again, first came out with the OnePlus One, it was like this, it was built as this like flagship killer. It was like taking on the likes of the Samsung Galaxies, the Apple iPhones, but at a, like half the price, which yeah, is what the yeah. Nord is doing. And I think people were understandably hype about it. And then OnePlus had been moving away from the affordable lineup for a bit. Like they used to like, so the OnePlus 7 and the 6 and the 8, these yeah, flagship yeah. lines all got progressively more expensive uh and i believe it's only yeah it's only quite recently with the one plus eight pro i think that they got to having them good again i feel you know yeah it's my opinion but i think like the (laughs) six seven eight run you know they've been yeah they haven't been great and they've been a lot of money for a one plus phone how dare you Um, how dare you even sorry the one plus fans are gonna come to for you i i think i agree with you though i think that because we've expected OnePlus, I mean, OnePlus, again, has done a good job, right? It has been mm-hmm. really good. And that's why I think we have high expectations for them. Um, but yeah, the, the 6, 7, 8, they've just had like underwhelming cameras in general, I think. The build has been improving. The software is always very clean. And so those are things to like mm. about OnePlus. But yeah, the, I think cameras are a very important thing for most smartphone users. What do you think about the Nord's cameras? So yeah, we're in this weird middle ground between the embargo I agreed on the hands-on and the <laughs> embargo I agreed for the review. So I think I'll just take some middle ground and like yeah. on first impressions, yeah, the yeah, camera, yeah. you know, the camera's pretty good. Um, I'd say it sits between the eight and the eight Pro. And remember, oh, the okay. OnePlus Eight is a more expensive phone. 
So that's yeah. good going. It's a weird yeah. combination of sensors that again sits it between the OnePlus 8 and the OnePlus mm-hmm. 8 Pro. Um, but yeah, like that's a big old sensor, 48 megapixel primary sensor. And that means mm-hmm. you get like a kind of, you know, cropping zoom, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of, the, you know, par for the course these days. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to complain have, about like- it. I hear a lot on Twitter. Again, a lot of my knowledge about this phone comes from Twitter because I follow all the Android people. Um, And a lot of people were saying that I think it was the Nord that proves that like macro cameras don't need to be high res or something like that. There is a is there a macro camera on here? There is. There's another like two megapixel macro camera. Because it's so little megapixels. Yeah, but I so don't get the point of it. Like, yeah, you have to like intentionally tap it on. And so to be mm. honest, half the time I was just using the camera and getting close up with the main sensor and not even <laughs> bothering with the macro one. I don't yeah. like I feel like the pictures you get out of it, they're still relatively noisy. They're not, mm. you know, obviously they're not very detailed. Mm. I don't quite get it. It seems like a kind of oh, let's just throw in another sensor so it looks like looks We've like done a proper something. flagship phone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, understanding that this is like their sub 500 US dollar device, I'm not mm. going to ask for like a very expensive macro lens or something here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not expecting five times zoom. Like I'm saying, two times zoom at this price is absolutely adequate. Um, right. I think the main thing is just having that primary camera that can take decent photos in low light. And again, we're pretending yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we'll wait till your review embarkers. comes out. Yeah, we'll yeah, wait right? till your but review comes out. So far, out. so good is how I'm how I'm putting it. Yeah. yeah, we. I mean, you know, people who are curious about Matt's thoughts so far can obviously go check out the hands-on already live on the site or wait for the review to come out, which should be uh, sometime Soon. next week, I'm hoping. Yes. Yes, fingers crossed if I don't screw fingers up. Fingers crossed. Um, but <laughs> to be clear to those of you listening from the U.S., uh, this phone's not coming to the U.S., it seems. No. Um, so, yeah, like there's no plans for a U.S. launch yet. And like I just mentioned earlier, like if the OnePlus 8, which is out in the US, I recall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So OnePlus 8 is out there. This phone just kind of, it's better in a lot of ways and it's a fraction yeah. of the price. I imagine it's kind of one of these US carriers hold all the power yep. situations yeah. Yeah. where a cheap phone that kind of blows more expensive devices out of the water yeah. is just kind of undesirable for I, certain players. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way, but we were having a conversation about this when we were planning this episode and, you know, our producer Ben was like, why do you think it's not coming to the U.S.? And I was like, yeah, in the U.S., the carriers hold all the power. And they con- they consistently subsidize the high-end flagships, right? Like, And also they have equipment installment plans that kind of make it seem like you're getting a very high-end phone for a cheap monthly fee. So they really don't want a lot of competition from that. But they do have mid-range phones from the likes of Samsung, LG, Motorola. They have all these, like, you know, cheaper phones. I mean, so, arguably the current mid-range champ, I'd say, is the Pixel 3a, and that's out in the US, isn't it? I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I love that. So what I think it came down to was that actually people have more faith in brands like Samsung and Google and Apple. So the iPhone SE is also like a cheaper mm. phone. So what I think, uh, this pure speculation, is that like, yeah, carriers are probably not as confident in OnePlus when it comes to mid-range devices. In fact, I think last, the, the OnePlus 8 was the, one of the first times, the first time possibly that the uh, OnePlus flagship was actually on a carrier like Verizon. I think it was previously announced that they had carrier partnerships with other of their flagship devices. But for Verizon, like one of the biggest, and to be clear, Verizon is our parent company, but they have no control over editorial content. And um, they don't pay for my phone contract, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Same. Uh, hmm. But yeah, that uh, is a, I think that was a big deal for OnePlus. 
And obviously, they have to keep working hard to convince carriers and users that, you know, there's no reason to suspect them, which we don't know. What is what is but I'm curious, you're in the UK. What's the impression of OnePlus like over there? Uh, I think it's. I think it's quite similar across the board. Although there's availability of the OnePlus in shops here because we have a culture of buying mm-hmm. phones like off plan, let's say. Like mm-hmm. you buy it without a, uh, a phone plan and then just stick in your SIM and carry on right, that existing right. plan. But I think it's very much, it's kind of a, you know, a, a tech website reading kind of phone, mm. <laughs> like that kind yes, of user. very, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, that's absolutely fine. I mean, it's the kind of people that will buy phones on the regular. Mm. Um, I'm more intrigued to see you know, who's going to buy this phone. Isn't there, irrespective of how decent this phone performs Mm -hmm. in the end, Mm -hmm. people will still go for the most expensive quote-unquote flagship device, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been looking at these mid-range phones that have been coming out. Like we said, the Pixel 3a, which, by the way, is old as hell. We really want... still good, though. It's still good. God, I think, yeah, well, but we've been waiting for this phantom Pixel 4a forever. (laughs) Ah. Anyway, uh, there's the 3A, the iPhone SE, the Galaxy A51. Yeah, the whole, the you know, the whole Galaxy A series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moto, Nokia yeah. even here and there. Right, you um, guys have more over there. Yeah, we have loads of them. A lot we of them are options. absolutely terrible. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, we can, you can probably circle around the ones that are the best. Like, you know, it's reliable phone makers yeah. for the best part. Uh, but OnePlus, I'd argue, you know, it would fit in there. Yeah, I think the OnePlus fits in there. But my point uh, is that, like like you were saying, how many people are going to buy the mid-range versus the high-end phone? Mm. It depends. I think it boils down to performance and features. And for me, like, I consider it if I wanted to get a mid-range phone, you know? And if we talk about, like, just if we nerd out about mid-range phones for a second, right? The reason sometimes that they're cheaper is because, yeah, sure, they, you know, most of the time the money savings come from things like the processor and the camera. I think that most other specs you can find that manufacturers are able to have them on par with high-end flagships. And are you willing to live with a camera that's not as good as the latest iPhone? I think most people could be. I think as long as the camera, the photos are good, people are not going to care if I can zoom like five times in. But the processor is, I think, where... It's a little bit iffy. It's hard to say long-term performance, how a processor holds up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the 3A was so good. It's because it used a cheaper processor. I think it was a 630 or 670 Snapdragon 6-something. And then, but it had software that was tuned to make the most and the best of that, you know, processor and make the whole system yeah, connect with yeah. us flying. And that's why we liked it so much. Yeah, so yeah, I like you. I'm really excited for the 4A. Um, like the mm-hmm. 3A was my token... They, you know, person asked me what phone they want to get. Token, mm. they might read Engadget only because I work there type of person. Oh, <laughs> and you're, I'd always you're, be like, family. bye. Yeah, but family and friends that really don't care about my opinion, but I give it to them yes. anyway. And yes. I was always You give me them, your like, opinion too. Yep, and, and you I don't tell me like to shut it. up too. Yeah, yep. I do, yeah. <laughs> and I tell them all, like, buy the Pixel 3a. Like, it's cheap. It often yes. goes on sale. That You know, this camera, A, it takes incredible photos, but B... Yes. Even if you're terrible at smartphone photography, it will take amazing photos. Yes, yes. And that's what I like about Google. But again, we can keep talking about the Pixel rumored 4A forever Uh, and all that. I know. Um, So wait, any last thoughts about the OnePlus Nord, Matt? Or any like more thoughts on it? Any more thoughts on it? What about Um, the colors, by the way? I love the colors. I'm pro-interesting 
uh, phone colors. You must love Huawei. <laughs> I do. I do like the colors. <laughs> I like like they've kind of chilled out now. A few of them for a while just look like an oil stain on the road. So they've kind of you know wow. s- circled them around genuine color palettes, wow. which I appreciate a bit more. But yeah, like yeah. this the Nord. I've got it here, so Sherlin can see it, but dear yeah. listener, dear can't. But yes. look at it. It's it's a cute little palette. It's like a cyan sky blue uh. baby. And it's got that pearlescent translucent translucent vibe to it. I mean, it's cute. It's a cute I know. giant phone. Yeah. It's, what is it, 6.4 inch screen again, yeah, you said? Yeah. What's like, the res? Yeah. It like, well, this is an SE, but. Mm. Holy, again, wow. This is not really good podcast content because I'm literally showing Sherlin the sizes yes. of phones on our yes. webcams. But, but believe you, me, it's much bigger than the SE. If you do want to see these pictures of the phone, definitely go over to Engadget.com. But I, I will say I'm impressed with OnePlus's like finishes overall because the 8 had this like rainbow pearlescent mm, kind of yeah. finish as well. And I thought that was very pretty. But sorry to distract. You were, you were so, going yeah, to give my, me your actual my thoughts. Last thi- yeah, my final thoughts on the Nord, so far at least, is... Yeah. Like it's it's an issue of compromises. We've touched on this a few times, and I think mm. you just have to go through the shopping list of high spec features you're willing to part with to save yeah. hundreds of do- thousands, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds <laughs> of dollars, if only. So like, like yeah, let's do a pop quiz, right? Yes. I'll say a feature. You say if you like something, toot it. If you can get rid of it on a phone and you're happy to buy it, you're okay. booting it. Okay. okay. Yes, I get it. Okay, ready? Fingers on buzzers. Yes. Very. Okay. Okay. High spec camera. Toot it. Okay, good. <laughs> I gotta remember things now. IP ratings, water protection. Toot it. Toot it. Toot it. Interesting. For the note, the Nord doesn't have that. Wireless oh. charging. Boot it. Interesting. This the Nord doesn't have wireless charging. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, fast charging. Toot it. Interesting. Uh, mm. Giant battery. <laughs> What's that? But toot it. Can I? <laughs> but toot it. <laughs> Boot it. <laughs> boot it. Okay, cool. And uh, big screen. Boot it, boot it, boot it. Interesting. Boot it, boot it. I think that might be my major issue with it is it's it feel, it's like the 11 Pro Max, the size mm. of this OnePlus. The Plus iPhone Nord. 11 so Pro Max? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's big. Um, it's a little bit too big for me. But big also screams flagship. So yeah. I feel like, the heart, like a lot of the design decisions made here were to kind mm. of give it the aura of a top-of-the-range phone. That's why you have so many camera sensors. That's why you have mm-hmm. a big screen. Mm-hmm. That's why you have the 90 hertz refresh rate. Yes. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but yeah, I think that's the philosophy behind some of these decisions. It sounds like we're going to have to wait for your full review to have a more clear sense of where you really stand with this phone, but it does sound like you're somewhat conflicted as well. I think my that... Emotions, really, <laughs> my emotions, Shirley, my emotions. Well, uh, for for everyone else who's listening, if you have any thoughts so far on the OnePlus Nord and whether or not you're going to get a mid-range phone versus a high-end phone, please send us your thoughts to podcast at Engadget.com. So OnePlus didn't just announce or launch the OnePlus Nord. It also unveiled OnePlus Buds, these like $79 true wireless earbuds. We also were able to get hands-on with some units before the launch. And uh, Billy Steele, who's been on the show before, our audio expert, uh, already published his hands-on. is on the site if you want to go see it. But OnePlus was also kind enough to, I think, send you a set, Matt, right? Yes, I also got sent a pair, but I didn't get... The striking color option. No, so, you didn't get the Fisher Price buds. Yeah, right. So let's go, start with the basics. These are, you know, OnePlus's first true wireless buds, mm-hmm. and they ring in at only seventy nine dollars. 
So that's super, super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're coming and to yeah. the U.S. And they are coming to the U.S. quite importantly. Nice. Um, unfortunately, they're not great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I take back my nice then. Yeah, like the price is nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're not... They're, Really rather tinny. I'd argue even like the original Apple AirPods had uh, mm. a better better sound quality than these. Um, they don't have silicon tips to them. They kind mm. of just sit in your ear. But Sherlyn, if I recall, that you prefer that kind of yes. earbud, right? Yeah, I like the AirPods style where they have the stick sticking out a little bit. Because even though I don't need the... I mean, even though I would not like a nice noise seal to just keep out some sound... I just think it's more comfortable to not have something sticking into my ear canal. And this design looks a bit like that. I don't think it pushes as far into the canal. It looks like no. it has a round drum sticking out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that doesn't go in your ear, Sheldon. Come on. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a shallow ear canal, okay? okay. I don't know. I mean, um, this is like the opposite part of the equation when going too cheap. mm you lose too much. At least that's my opinion on them. Like they sound quite tinny. They let yeah. a lot of ambient noise inside. Mm. There's no uh, active noise cancellation, perhaps mm. obviously at this price. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of a bit meh. Like the battery lasts forever and you know, you I can charge say... them in the little case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's not enough to appeal. And also at a point where everyone is selling true wireless buds, yeah. uh, I'm not sure these are gonna, yeah. these aren't exactly nailing the spec, I don't think. I, I will say, like, this isn't OnePlus's first foray into earbuds, right? They've made the Bullets wireless earbuds before that were more like a necklace style. I've had those. Mm. And, and those were, you know, the sound quality was fine. I mean, I wish they were a little bit louder, a bit more bassy. Um, but, you know, for people who like necklace buds, those are good. Necklace buds meaning they're like the buds are connected to each other with a wire and they hang around your neck, but they're not connected to your phone. Um, and, I mean... They they were again they were fine they magnetically snapped to each other those buds and so for whatever reason I can't tell you really uh, and I think they had a similar fit where they didn't really have they didn't go as far into the ear canal as existing models do but yeah OnePlus seems to still be struggling I think with making true wireless earbuds I don't yeah know. like I remember I didn't have the bullets but I had Huawei's spin on them which is very similar but um i don't think the oneplus did this the huawei bullets but with a different name they you could actually plug in them into the phone to charge them which was like pretty sweet you could like take away part of the cable and plug it into any any usb c port to charge them huawei is very good at doing this sort of reverse charging thing i think um they love charging things they just love charging things I like the Huawei Buds. I like them. I think you and I checked them out together one IFA, and they actually did like some sort of makeshift noise cancellation, even if they were open ear style. They weren't like they were similar to the AirPods style uh, earbuds and mm. don't like completely block out your ear canal, but they still did some sort of noise cancellation. I like them, except for their touch controls are a little sensitive. Now, the $79 OnePlus Buds don't have touch controls, do they? Uh, they have very rudimentary ones. Uh, so. Limited ones. I have to like, yeah, I need to look it up again, but I think oh, it's okay. there's a, like a double tap to pause feature. And mm. <laughs> this is why. So I was talking to Billy, Billy Steele, mm. uh, uh, one of our senior news editors at mm. Engadget, and he's been testing them. He is like our pods guy, our, our AirPods, <laughs> our buds ear guy. He just has amazing ears. He, he's and, an uh, expert. And he's like, hey, Matt, like you have a OnePlus phone, do all these weird features work with it because there's a few kind of software features if you mm-hmm. have a oneplus phone and mm-hmm. these buds unfortunately that fe- though that final software didn't reach it to us by the time oh, we had to right. like publish our 
impressions and stories. So, yeah. so we don't know. I don't know. Billy doesn't know. No one knows. Um, but there's options like an extra bass setting, mm. more EQ adjustments, um, even, Dolby, even Dolby Atmos support, apparently. Okay. And the ability to customize said touch controls. But yeah, we okay. haven't been able to try those yet. So, so I guess it sounds like Maybe for most people who are just looking for wireless earbuds, maybe hold off on these. Uh, and then if you're buying the OnePlus phone, they might be a good accessory with them. Um, yeah, this might, again, this isn't really for US folks, but I'd imagine everywhere else that they're selling the Nord phone. If you, I, I'd assume if you maybe put in a pre-order or bought the phone on the day, you might get, get a pair with them right. or something like that. That seems like mm. a no-brainer to me. All right, so OnePlus wasn't the only company to launch anything this week. There were a lot of other <laughs> Xiaomi, Aces, uh, Lenovo, and coincidentally, all in China. Um, but yeah, so Xiaomi uh, had an event where it launched a bunch of products across its ecosystem this week, including the Mi Smart Band 5 global launch, uh, you know, like an e-scooter, wireless earbuds as well, and the Curve gaming display. Now... For I think we were talking about Xiaomi and them being a kind of fascinating, unique company. And I was talking to our producer Ben, and we were like, "What's a good What's a good metaphor for them?" So Xiaomi, like, we landed on this. I don't know if it works for someone in the UK, but Matt, do you under Would you understand if I told you this? So Xiaomi is like not Apple. It's not Samsung. It's more like, and it's not Walmart, right? Where the goods are cheap and sometimes not so great. It's more like Target. It's more like cheap and yet w- with some quality. Is the it's the Target of Asia? 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 <laughs> but isn't Target just someone that goes to Target and thinks it's fancy? Right. Yeah, but tar- like, but Target is just like stop it, Matt. Just tar- <laughs> Target is the better Walmart. Target is. Relatively cheap and still somewhat decent, maybe. I feel like you don't even believe in this dialogue anymore, Sheldon. I I just want to say that Xiaomi used to be known for ripping off iPhone designs, and now they're doing some interesting things on their own. That's all I want to say right now. I mean, I love when it's the <laughs> I love it when it's a tech company that is willing to make phones alongside e-scooters, alongside rice cookers, alongside yes. smart lighting. Like oh, God, it's kind yes. of bonkers. Like they have a flagship store near me in london and Mm. i often just peer in just to you know see what kind of absolute scattergun approach to technology they have yeah it feels a little all over the place and you know the way they operate is also strange because they they have the xiaomi the mi note the red mi phones that all are made by them uh, but when it comes to a lot of their other products, like the ones that we've been mentioning and including the wearables, they're made by companies that Xiaomi invests in. So not even like really themselves, but like it's companies they have minor stakes in sometimes or major mm. stakes in. So, for example, the Mi Band 5, uh, it's actually made, I think, by Huami, who makes Amazfit uh, watches that you see going for really cheap on Amazon over here in the U.S., uh, the Mi Band 5 was launched in China about a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, it was very impressive. It had a lot of good features for just 32 US dollars, but was never going to come to the US. I mean, it was only in China. And it's it's $32. You're going to get like a continuous heart rate monitor up to $32. 32 US dollars. Yeah, it was Jesus. 229 yuan. Right, and so you would get like a, a 1.1 inch color touchscreen, water resistance, sleep tracking, 
auto workout detection for certain like for 11 workouts including yoga which is important to me so a lot of a lot of good stuff for just that amount of money um and so when this week they announced alongside their slew of products they announced that the me smart band 5 which is a global variant was going to be available in europe uh and also other parts of the world assuming um we were pretty excited i mean like for you over in the uk and europe you are going to be able to buy this guy for 39 euros that's so cheap that is so so cheap because because consider what we have in the us we have fitbit and garmin and fitbit's cheapest is the inspire which starts at 70 dollars and for that price, it does not have a heart rate sensor. It's just a tracker, pretty much, isn't it? Isn't it just a glorified yeah. tracker? Yeah, a steps tracker. And then, like, it, I mean, it's on sale right now, so it starts at 50 bucks. So it's, like, a little less unappetizing. How old is that model God, at this it's point so as well? old, too. Yeah. I, like, the last time Fitbit, like, updated a tracker-style device was the Charge 4, I believe. But I could be wrong. And then Garmin, which also, you know, is one of the bigger brands here, their cheapest also starts at about 70 or $80. And uh, it's this janky-looking thing that looks like it's from 2013. It's got a tiny thumb-sized screen that's not even a touchscreen. And then it looks like... It just looks really, really old. And then it's got this big button on the face because it's not a touchscreen. It doesn't have a heart rate monitor either. So Xiaomi's doing very interesting stuff. I know that people are concerned about products from China, you know? Mm. Um, And I can't say that I know all too much about whether or not Xiaomi is, like, I guess, I don't know, in cahoots with their government. I don't think so. They have openly said that they're not. But... I, I understand that like a lot of people around the world have concerns. Is this is Xiaomi like a well-respected brand in the UK, Matt? I think it's one of those ones that kind of flies under the radar. I'm mm. sure there's lots of people with Xiaomi phones in the UK, but I don't think they have that much of a presence. It's very mm. I, like I don't think I've ever seen advertising in mainstream newspapers or like on bus sidings or the rest of it. Um, yeah. But like I said, they have like these flagship stores dotted around. Yeah. London to kind of sell this kind of weird array of devices. But I think that might be more of a international play than it is a concerted effort to break the UK. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think they're struggling outside of China. I think they're doing very well inside China because, you know, people there don't have like trust issues with them, I don't think. Mm. But, and I, I mean, I've looked at some of their products and they look so interesting. Like, I really want that rice cooker. I don't care if you're telling China how many bowls of rice I cook a week. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, that's I, what I was about to, I was going to say the same thing. Like, even if they were using this data from a fitness tracker for nefarious uses, I'm not sure how much me avoiding running for a whole week is going <laughs> to help them, to, you know, destroy yeah. the British government. I don't and think I, it's going to help them much. I, I know that the privacy concern, like people who are very concerned about privacy are like, no, it's just more about what it can glean from that. Like it could use this as a backdoor into your home network. I don't know, whatever. I, I, I'm not saying I don't care and I'm not saying I don't trust. I'm just saying that like, I don't have, like I, again, I'm not. Haven't got much to lose. Valuable a person. <laughs> yeah, like really not. Um, but yeah, no, in addition to the rice cooker, the other thing that I know they make that makes me very intrigued is they have like these portable, um, f- battery chargers for your phone and like they're, that are also like a compact mirror for like touching up your makeup, I guess, when you're out and like a ring light mirror. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, give me that. And it feels like they are starting to make devices for women, tech device, like tech gadgets for women. And I'm like that, that marry like worlds that are often not like combined so Mm. that's what i'm interested in and interested in seeing more of just in tech in general 
yeah, it's like has, it has a bit of like a Panasonic vibe to them, doesn't it? Where Ooh, they're yeah, kind of hitting yeah. beauty goods and home goods and stuff. And that's not a bad approach to make, you know. Yeah. Like but when, as phones slow down and they get a bit more, you know, iterative. Yes. Like why not get a fancy new rice cooker? Yeah, get something nice. Treat yourself. Treat but yourself. Um, I will. <laughs> speaking of China... And all of the companies that are producing stuff there that may or may not ever come to the U.S. We had Asus this week announce the ROG 3 phone. This is a gaming-centric phone. Follows up the ROG Phone 2. By the way, ROG stands for Republic of Gamers. That's like Asus's gaming sub-brand. And it's fairly like fairly well-known and represented in the mobile gaming world, right? Or gaming world. Competitive, yeah, like that. Yeah, like for PCs and laptops, it's kind of a well regarded thing. You'd say yeah. ROG more than you'd say Asus, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, at least when it comes to that gaming brand. So, ROG 3 was announced and it's got some insane specs. It's got like a 144 hertz refresh rate screen with a, yeah. I think, 240 hertz touch sampling rate. And basically, for people who game, that's a big deal because it means you can, you know perform faster the response time is like shorter you can you can i I, i'm struggling to explain this to like a non-gaming person but you are a good gamer matt you probably have better (laughs) ways of explaining this faint praise indeed yeah i'm not i'm not a huge mobile gamer but i've played i've played games you know i get high (laughs) i rock the high scores do you even pubg even PUBG, not or anymore. Fortnite. I've moved on from that. Oh. I mean, that's the interesting thing with a lot of these gaming phones, right? Is you need the games to be compatible with the, these hardware features. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Asus is actually, they say they have over 100 games that now support this kind of super speedy mm. 144 hertz screen. And okay. they're games you might have heard of Dead Cells, Slam Dunk, and there's even a Rockman game, which is Mega Man oh. everywhere else. Um, so these like major games that have compatibility with this and these are the kind of like dead cells and and mega man are both kind Mm -hmm. of very slick cartoony 2d platform type games so Mm -hmm. i bet they would look buttery smooth on Mm -hmm. these screens Mm -hmm. but what are like so i don't know if you are as like super caught up on the rock 3 what are some of the other features that stand out about it i mean there's a lot of similarities to the rock phone 2 and that's Mm -hmm. so you can use old peripherals with the new one and i think that's but barring you know they have a top of the range processor i think it's the the snapdragon 865 plus yep so that is like top of the top of the end right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's It's, all uh, the power does it have like i remember so i know that gaming phones are kind of niche still and i think rog is one of them the razor makes one uh i can't really tell you off the top of my head who else makes them uh xiaomi i think has their black shark um, yeah, I was going to mention Black Shark, yeah. Yeah, so, hey, Xiaomi. Um, <laughs> they got their hands on everything. Um, and Lenovo also this week announced its first gaming phone, the Lenovo Legion Dual, which this uses the same snap... ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, it, sorry to interrupt. It's ridiculous. No, you're fine. I, I would love to hear more about why it's ridiculous, but just quickly, the Lenovo Legion phone uses the same Snapdragon 865 Plus that uh, the Aces Rock 3 does. But what does what's so ridiculous about the Legion phone? So, peak ridiculousity <laughs> so. is it has a it has a camera that pops out the side of the thing. So Ooh. you remember about I don't know eighteen months ago where half mm. the phones announced had a pop up selfie pop-up. camera. Yep. And it, mm-hmm. it would pop out the top. It would either be like a shark fin or literally <laughs> like an like a really weird like comedy robot uh, eye like a submarine 
periscope, periscope up. Yeah. nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. Lenovo thought that's a good idea. Let's put it in a gaming phone, but put it on its side. So the idea is, it's almost like, <laughs> like judging by the the renders, it looks like a webcam on your laptop, but it's for your phone. And I guess it means you can kind of, you know, do video could... calls while you shoot the baddies. I as uh, for Twitch streaming, but the mobile version. Oh, I'm too old, aren't I, Sherlyn? Sorry. Of course, it's for Twitch. <laughs> And it has like other very bizarre features. Like there's a load of cameras. There's like um, a 64 megapixel main sensor, um, an ultra wide that goes to 120 degrees, which is again pretty darn wide. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And yeah, there's just a lot of power. Again, it's a gaming. It's a gaming machine, so it has to yeah. have top of the range battery processor and resolution. Oh God, this is like a spec okay, sheet we can quiz. Skip, we Don't can worry, skip I got the size. Then. It's about oh. 6.65, so that's huge. That is like one big old phone. Oof, oof, oof. I, I mean, yeah. look, okay, we can rag on these phones forever, but I mean, I guess, you know, good luck to Lenovo. Your first gaming phone sounds like it's at least, you know, unique. Um, get- gaming phones are, are not a huge thing here in the US, but they seem to be doing, you know, they seem to, keep going over that's, in asia yeah that's where... that's my i edited richard lie's uh story on the yeah. rock phone three and that was my question to him he he wrote the r kind of hands-on piece mm-hmm. and i was like these must still be relevant because companies keep yeah. making them yeah yeah there's a big there's a big market for it over in asia and i think we will see if it ever makes its way over here. We're starting to see mobile gaming start to take off in the US, but I'm not sure if it will really take off in the I way think once Microsoft's X Cloud, once Google Stadia, mm-hmm. once whatever PlayStation plans, however mm-hmm. it plans to evolve its kind of, you know, streaming cloud gaming service, mm-hmm. then a lot of these phones, a lot of these peripherals will kind of take on a second lease. But again, yeah. if you're streaming the games, you don't Ooh. need all this power. Like, spoilers for my OnePlus Nord review, and sorry to kind of <laughs> swing us Go. back around to that. Full circle. I can. I can play Stadia on my OnePlus Nord effortlessly. There is no lag. There is no... It looks beautiful on the screen, and the screen's only 1080p. It's smooth. Again, 90 hertz screen helps, I guess. But um, I don't need a quote-unquote gaming phone to play Stadia, and I probably wouldn't play xCloud either. We'll have to wait till your full review. We'll have to wait till all these phones get fully reviewed to really know more. But right now, though, if you have any thoughts about the rise of gaming phones in other parts of the world or here in the U.S., Send us your thoughts once again to podcast.engadget.com. Yeah, especially if you own one. Tell me why, why, why? Like, why did you buy one? Tell me. It's been a gadget-heavy week for us here at Engadget. It's in the name. Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, this might be an obvious question, but Matt, what have you been working on? Well, I've been kind of talking all about (laughs) it for the last half hour. But yeah, the OnePlus Nord, uh, I'm putting it through its paces. uh, So yeah, expect a review in its entirety very, very soon. How about you, Shelin? What's coming up? So, I mean, I keep working on stuff that I can't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> Longtime listeners will know and probably are frustrated. But, 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 today, the day that we're recording this show, uh, my Comic-Con at home panel with the cast and creator of Amazon's Upload TV series goes live or is, is going to happen uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern. So by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll already have streamed and aired. But, you know, I'm sure you can always check it out on Amazon's Comic-Con at Home portal or just go look for the Comic-Con at Home slate. Uh, I also want to point out that the Avengers XPS 17 review is live. And as I predicted, he scored it somewhere above 85 and below 90. So I feel <laughs> like he owes me something. 
<laughs> what kind of lame bet is that? Oh god. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just dev and XPS. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot coming up on Engadget. Make sure you stay tuned or or check out the website for all of our work. Of course, it's not just work; it's also play. In the midst of all this sweat, literal sweat right now <laughs> dropping down my face. Matt, Please what do you do stop. to relax? <laughs> Please stop. Uh, so what have I been doing that's not work? Uh, so yeah. I recently picked up on launch day Ghost of Tsushima, which is on PlayStation 4. Ooh. And that's one a very enjoyable game. You play a samurai that kind of goes dark and he kind of kills his baddies in a dishonorable way. I haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers. Oh. But so far, it's been very enjoyable. It's actually very relaxing. There's no kind to of... To kill things. Yeah, you do kill things. But between that, you just kind of meander across a Japanese, you know, landscape as ah. maple leaves brush past you and you gallop across the shoreline that wondering must... about the, you know, <laughs> the passing relevance of living this life. That's right up your alley. That must really make you feel nostalgic for when you lived in Japan. <laughs> for when I was a samurai, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> so what else? But what else other than that, Matt? I know you and I, we talk about our secret glow up projects. Yeah, right. Mine has not been going so well. I just oh. keep kind of chopping and changing my my workout <laughs> gadgets of choice. Um, I've gone through VR workouts, which I think you've tried, haven't you, Sherlyn? Yeah. What, did, what I, did you try in VR? It's called Supernatural, and it got me incredibly sweaty, and my quads died. Uh, it was great. It was, and that's it like was... a dance workout app, yeah? Yeah, sort of to music, and you're whacking these like uh, cones flying at you with these lightsaber-y things. It's fun. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot like Beat Saber, but it is basically Beat Saber, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I've I've been spending about oh God now two weeks with Box VR, which is, I mean, the clues in the name is boxing, boxing. in VR. Yeah. Um, but I've been using it with the Oculus Quest, which is yes. the kind of fancy That's lightweight a really good one, wireless. Yeah. It's yeah. A really, it's a really good one. It's re- yeah. very crisp, very light, yes. which is crucial because yeah. sweating in a VR headset it's is no absolutely fun. disgusting. Do you wear a mask? Do you wear a mask when you're using that? Uh, no, this VR is headset? this is a loner one from the company behind Ooh. the app at least. The but lo- I, they wiped it yeah. down and I'm going to wipe it down. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do, Matt. You absolutely yeah. stink. Please, you're gross. Um, I've also I'm actually on week 8 of Couch to 5K. Have you heard of oh, Couch to 5K? Good you. Yeah, I have. I tried and gave up on week 1 and a half. This is my fifth attempt. Good luck. I <laughs> yeah. am very proud of you week 8. We get it, yeah, total? so it's it's getting there, but I still hate running. Like I hate running too. Can you ask your readers just to tell me how to not hate running? Uh, uh pretend you're running from the ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> okay, sure. Or to the ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> I'm the Japan. ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Pretend you're running to Japan. I don't know. Or running towards sushi. Um, that motivates me. How about you, Sherlyn? What are you doing? What are you interested in at the moment? I, I want to recommend this while Devendra is out. Uh, this docu-series on HBO Max called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, I can only say it when Devendra is out because he will jump in and be like, I already recommended this to you because I think he did. Um, it's really good. I mean, it's about Michelle McNamara, this true crime blogger, writer, journalist, reporter. She, t- she wore many hats. Um, and she basically was trying to hunt down and at the same time write about the Golden State Killer who's like the most prolific serial rapist and also who murdered like about 12 uh, people or, or 12 cases of murder um, and the the documentary is fascinating because Michelle was writing a book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark 
and she sadly passed before she finished. Um, she was very close to finishing it. So her husband, who, by the way, is comedian Patton Oswalt, finished the book for her. And they, you know, the docuseries is based off of that book. It's very intriguing. I think it's as both someone who's interested in true crime and a, who is a journalist who sometimes investigates stories. I, I found it very relatable. I think that Michelle McNamara's determination and her, you know, her reporting was very inspirational. So if you're interested in true crime at all, this will be a great watch. If you're interested in the journalistic process, this will be it's not as it's not as in-depth as something like Spotlight, but it gives you kind of a sense of what sometimes, you know, reporters do. Um I tried to look for the book afterwards, the that that uh Patton Oswalt published uh in Michelle McNamara's name after uh she passed. Obviously is on hold everywhere. I checked out all the digital libraries like I'm signed up to a few and yeah, it's like eight week old, 11 week old. So yeah, but it reminded me to recommend all of you make sure to sign up for a digital library card. They're in, they're like much more widely available now because libraries are still closed here in the U S I don't know about over in the UK, Matt. Yeah. Um, like my, like my flat block, actually it sides onto a library in a community center and it's still locked down. Oh, well, there you go. Around the world, it seems like libraries might still be locked down. This is time, if you haven't already, to get a digital library card. It's pretty easy. Just go to your library, look up how to sign up for a digital card. I mean, in the U.S., it's based on your neighborhood and where you live. Uh, with a digital library card, though, by the way, you can also use this app called Canopy with a K. It's a video streaming service that allows you to access all these titles for free using your library card. You're just loaning out these videos, kind of old school style. So yeah, I got a lot of good recommendations for you. Min- meanwhile, Matt just telling you to play games and sweat. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think the healthiest combination is probably a bit of both. A bit of everything. Yes. And that's it for our episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale Norton. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Matt Smith online at... at uh, on Twitter at ThatMattSmith. That's Matt with one T. You can find me there. And if you want to tell me all about the clues as to who certain unsolved mystery serial killer type people might be you can hit me up on twitter as well at sherlyn low email us your thoughts at podcast at engadget.com leave us a review on itunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts including spotify you're looking tubby matt what else are you doing